Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brennan here with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things. Houston Rockets over at SBNation.com. And if you're a fan of absolute chaos and speculation, then this episode might be for you because we're talking all things trade, specifically within the NBA draft coming up in just four weeks' time. We are recording this on July 1st. Happy Canada Day to our listeners up in Canada. And happy 4th of July to our listeners in the United States. And a happy July to everyone that is outside the U.S. and Canada. We should have a full house for the show on stage with the Dream Take listeners. But we are recording this over at Spotify Greenroom. Be sure to download the app and come and listen to us live whenever we record. We send out the link when we record on Twitter. And then people can come and chime in. But we do have uh, one third, an extra third of the of the Dream Take team up here on stage. I do have Mr. Ray Lucas up here with me. Ray, how's your day been and uh, what's what's shaking? It's been good. I haven't done much so far. Uh, just kind of waiting around to talk about the Rockets and these trade ideas. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I've also got another co-pilot of mine, Mr. Michael Brown. Mike, happy Thursday, and how you doing? 
Good. A pleasure to be on with you both, as always. Absolutely. And today is chaos day here at the Dream Take. So uh, we do need to do, uh, we do, I do, before we talk about any trades, I do want to briefly discuss uh, a former Rocket making their way to the NBA Finals. Chris Paul, he's got Rockets fans feeling some type of way, but in just a, a quick uh, quick reaction, quick thoughts on it, Mike. Uh, what, what do you think about Chris Paul making the NBA Finals? I think it's awesome. I think the the Suns are a blueprint for any team in the league looking to rebuild their roster. If you look at how they built that roster, you draft Devin Booker, you draft a guy like DeAndre Ayton, you draft a guy like Mikel Bridges, you are able to acquire a guy like Chris Paul, you're able to sign a guy like Jay Crowder. You found Cameron Payne overseas, who was written off from the league. Uh, but an incredible story of Chris Paul making it to the NBA Finals in his 16th NBA season. I am so happy for him, and I think they're going to win it all. Suns in four. What do you think? Um, I would be afraid to tell any Suns fan differently, or else I would be afraid to get punched in the face. <laughs> so... Uh, no, I don't think it's in four, but I do think the Suns end up winning the NBA Finals. Suns in four for the culture. Yeah. I mean, that guy's awesome. That that story is – that Suns in <laughs> four guy's awesome. Um, but, I mean, the Suns were also, you know, the healthiest right now. At least, you know, you look at Giannis is banged up. You look at Trey Young is banged up. Uh, the Suns appear to be firing on all cylinders. And I don't know if either team in the East can beat the Suns. In a in a seven game series, I mean Jeremy Ray. What do y'all think, Ray? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just don't see anyone beating the Suns. Um, I think even if the Bucks were healthy, I think it would have been a tall task just because of the way Phoenix is playing. Uh, there, I remember you guys were talking about it, and I wasn't a believer at the start of the playoffs in the first round. You guys were basically saying that the Suns are going to be a tough out for anyone that they match up with, and that proved to be true. And then they also proved to be healthier than anyone that they've matched up with. So credit to their training staff and keeping them all right. But, yeah, I just don't see anyone beating the Suns because it just feels like it's destined at this point. DeAndre Ayton is just dominating in the paint. Uh, campaign, like Mike was saying, he's just come alive. And then, obviously, I think Devin Booker is going to put on a show in the finals just because that big spotlight, I think we've seen it when he was playing against the Lakers and that closeout game, it was just... Um, the moment he stepped up for the moment, I think he's going to do that in the finals. And then, of course, Chris Paul, super happy for him. He's been probably my favorite point guard to watch since I started watching basketball in the early to mid 2000s. Um, it's just super cool to see him up there. I think the way he's going to control the game is is just going to be too much for either Milwaukee or Atlanta. I do think Atlanta has a better shot just because I think Trey Young is healthier than Giannis at this point, but. Either way, I got Phoenix getting it. I've been so I've been high on the Suns for a, a little while now. I think I've been high uh, on their bandwagon maybe sooner than most people. So Suns in four. I don't care if it goes to Game Seven. Suns in four. But now we're going to talk about Rockets basketball. What we're really here for, and because there's going to be so much chaos thrown and slung and slain throughout this entire episode. I am going to organize this chaos a little bit. So, how we're going to do it is this. We're going to discuss trading up from the number two pick. 
then I will allow any of our listeners, our our loyal listeners listening to us live here on Spotify Green Room, uh, to come up and throw their opinions. I'll let one or two people come up and uh, we can talk about trading up from two. Then we can talk about trading down from two, what that could mean and what that could do, and then have some listeners chime in. Then we'll go down later into the draft to our 23 and 24 the benefits and potential scenarios in which they trade up from that, allow the listeners to chime in, and then some scenarios in which we were to trade down. So if you do request a speaker button, I'm not going to necessarily let you up just right away, but I will say if there's anyone that wants to listen, uh, come on up now. Feel free to hit that request button. But for now, let's let's break this down. So... The Raptors are the number two pick. It's a very valuable pick. It's the highest they've drafted in uh, almost 20 years. And they have the second most valuable pick. The only one being more valuable, that number one overall pick up with Detroit. But there is rumors that Detroit is interested in Jalen Green. And if they don't take Kate Cunningham, who's been the number one uh, projected pick for, I feel like, three years now at this position... Uh, in the 2021 draft, they are probably going to be able to get value trading down. It'd be a mistake to take Jalen Green, considering how most teams value Kate Cunningham up at number one. So I'm going to let you guys uh, start off with this. We'll, we'll start with Ray. Um, what do you think? Like, do you think the Rockets should trade up from number two? And if so, what do you think they would need to trade in order to get from two to I think that they should do it if they are completely in love with Cade Cunningham and all that he'll bring to the team, which they probably are. I think it gets a little complicated, though, when it comes to what it will take to get number one because I've seen there's been all types of wild uh, predictions saying, like, maybe they'd have to give up uh, their pick, obviously, and then, like, someone like Kevin Porter Jr., which just would not happen. I think it'd be closer to um, some pick swaps like we've seen with uh, when Philly traded up with Boston and they took over that one pick and then Boston got the three where they got Tatum. I think it'd be something similar to that. I wouldn't give up more than that unless it's like some side assets. But if it's like Kevin Porter Jr. or someone like Christian Wood or someone who like they really feel like is in the core, then I just wouldn't do it because um, obviously Cade Cunningham can be great for the Rockets, but it also kind of diminishes what Kevin Porter Jr. could potentially be because they just got everyone's been saying like it's a steal how they got him and so you don't want to let Detroit steal him that'd be a big mistake Mike anything to add um look I think Kate Cunningham is going to be the best player in this draft where it gets really complicated with Detroit is you can't I don't think they want I don't think they need Christian Wood like, they've got four or five bigs already on that team when they went shopping last summer in free agency. Like, they have a ton of bigs on that team. If they want a guy like Eric – like, let me ask you all this. If it costs us Gordon, number two, and K.J. Martin, would you do it? No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it either. I, it's, I mean, but the, I think that's the type of deal that they would want. Like, they would want to move – They ha- you have to include number two. You have to give Or them- they would want one of one or both of 23 and 24. So, you're, so 
if all if it all so if it cost us two twenty three twenty four and KJ Martin Jr. Would you do it? No. Ray, if, if I got a player back, I would consider it, but not just for the draft pick. Okay, I mean, it's fair. I, I I I stay in the in the in the camp of. I, I don't think they're moving from number two, and I think Cade is going number one. But I think if they had the opportunity to go get one and it didn't cost us an arm and a leg, I would 100% do it. I think a guy like Eric Gordon would have to be included in that type of trade, and I would have no problem giving him up in addition to number two, and I would give up 23 or 24 to make it happen. The thing with trading up, or the thing with trading up, is the Detroit Pistons, and I feel like the only reason why this is even needing to be discussed is because the Pistons have rumored interest in Jalen Green. And if they really have rumored interest in Jalen Green, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna want to trade further down than two or three, which would make them and the Rockets ideal trade partners. And they have experience before with draft trades, as we as we saw last year. Both uh, Troy Weaver and Rafael Stone, two very new NBA GMs, but they're also very familiar with each other, considering they made that trade last year in that sign-in trade for um, for Christian Wood. So I I, do, I I can see why people might think that, but in my eyes, like Detroit has Park Place and Boardwalk. They have the dark blue monopoly, and when you have the dark blue monopoly, you don't reach out to the person with the light blue monopoly and asks them if, uh, if they want to trade. No, they let people come to them. So yes, the Rockets are only going to seek this out if they feel that Kate is the far better player. But in my eyes, like the more that I watch Jalen green, the more I think the Rockets are going to pick him. And the more I think, he could be the the best guy in the draft. I think there's still potential that he could be the best guy in the draft. And when you have the ability right there to take the best guy in the draft, there's no need to trade. So that's kind of how I feel about the whole thing. And I guess I've spoiled my stance for our, our second segment where I feel very comfortable at number two and I don't see why they would trade for. But I want to hear from the listeners. If anyone has any thoughts about possibly trading up or any thoughts about staying pat, uh, feel free to hit that request button right now, and we can get it going. Uh, we have got a pretty decent crowd with us tonight here at Spotify Dream, so thank you everyone that's come on uh, to join us. But if you guys uh, don't want to talk about number number one, if y'all are if y'all are good and Gucci with our number two pick, then we can move on to our next topic, which is trading down from number two. Um, which I think is is a little bit more reasonable um, than than possibly trading up. So well, I'm going to give it a going once, going twice, and we've got no speaker requests, so we're going to move on to our next subject, which is trading down from number two. So again, Ray, I'm going to start with you. What do you think the benefit is in trading down from two, and what do you think the chances are the Rockets actually do it? I think the benefit is that there's desperation. If a team's trying to jump up to two, then they obviously either really want Jalen Green or they really want Evan Mobley. Um, do I think they'll do it? I think it's possible, um, especially just with more and more talk about Jalen Green. I think more teams are going to want to test and see if they can move up. I think to 
make that trade happen, it obviously it obviously have to be draft picks. But I think also, uh, oh wow, I butchered that word. And I think um, Houston would also want to take in a young player if they're moving out of that um, range of getting Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. It'd be tough because I don't think Cleveland would trade because they're three. I could see the Ra- the Raptors trading from four, but yeah, it'd be it'd be tough to kind of imagine what it'd take because obviously a team's not going to give up too much just like the Rockets wouldn't give up too much to go from two to one but like you're saying I think it's definitely more likely that they trade down rather than trade up to one Mike what do you think I think Toronto is a great spot for the Rockets to move down to four I'll give I'll give you a blockbuster would y'all be interested in acquiring Pascal Siakam so that would mean trading from two to four and getting Siakam. Yep. So what? It, so is that is that just the trade? Well, well, what do y'all think? If you move from two to four, let me just think this out real quick. So you move from two to four. Who would Toronto move up to go get? Jalen Green. I, see, I would think it would be Jalen Green as well, or Evan Mobley. I, I think that's that's up for debate. Yeah, I mean, would either one of y'all include Christian Wood in a trade for Pascal Siakam? No. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And okay. I, I'm of the opinion that there is a very steep, there's a very steep uh, gap between three and four in this draft for me. I think getting Evan Mobley is very different than getting Jalen Suggs. For me, like. Jalen Suggs is not on the same tier as as Mobley and Jalen Green. So for me, it's going to take a gargantuan offer for me to even consider moving out of the top three. But I do want to maybe throw out a a scenario where the Rockets do actually trade down from two, but they stay in the top three. So that would be a trade with, um, with Cleveland for number three. And... Cleveland is a team that they've drafted a lot of guards and wings of the last couple of years. They've gone in consecutive years, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro. And there's rumors that Colin Sexton could be on the move. There's rumors that, um, and, and to me, that would, you know, so there, there's already talks about them being all weird in that, in that area of their team. And look, if the Rockets go and they take Mobley. Because I think Mobley is ideally the best fit for the Cavs right now. I think he's a far better fit than Jalen Green. And I think that's who they want. And the Rockets can play hardball with the Cavs. Whether they're taking, whether they're planning on taking Evan Mobley at two or three, they, they have a lot of leverage. They can say, hey, Cleveland, let's, let's do a deal where we go from two to three. And maybe there's a swapping of Maybe Colin Sexton comes to Houston. Maybe Colin Sexton goes to a third team. Maybe uh, there's maybe there's a scenario where they swap like Kevin Love and uh, and John Wall. I think there's a scenario where like Cleveland, Houston, obviously also a team that Rafael Stone has already dealt with. Um, that's a that's a a destination that I think the Rockets could look into uh, with the trade and. They keep their top three pick. They they get one of the three best players in the draft, and they also get a little bit of little bit of icing on the cake 
to me, I think Cleveland really wants Mobley. And the only way to guarantee that is if they they trade up to two. Because if the Rockets take number two and they take uh, Mobley, then they're they're stuck with Jalen Green. I mean, stuck with Jalen Green acting like that's a bad thing. That's a very good thing. But I can't imagine how Jalen Green would fit in that in that lineup. I, I just like because the thing is, you really can't play Sexton, Garland, Okoro, and Jalen Green all in the same lineup. That's a very small lineup, and they're going to get destroyed by bigs uh, that by big lineups. And that's just so many teams play with dynamic bigs in their in their lineup. It just doesn't make sense. So the thing with Cleveland, they kind of need to bank on on Mobley being there, in my well, eyes. And, well, let me, let me ask you something real quick, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Would you do a sign-and-trade for Jared Allen, then, if you're the Rockets? Well, I that, think that, there's a scenario if, where – and I know how you feel about Jared Allen, but – Love Jared Allen. There's a – there's a there's a scenario where you can play Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. I don't think that's an issue at all. I think you can play Mobley at the four and you can play Allen at the five or uh or even vice versa. Like I think there's a there's a there's a world in which both of them can be on the same court, similar to how Wood and uh and Mobley can be on this on the same court at, at the same time. Excuse me. But the way so remember back in the twenty seventeen NFL draft when San Francisco had the number two pick and they or they had the number. Yeah, they had the number two pick and they didn't need to take a quarterback, but they were kind of flirting with other teams to force um, to force Chicago, who had the number three pick to trade up to number two to go and make sure they get their guy, which was at the time Mitch Trubisky. How how funny was that? But. In reality, the Rockets can do the same thing here. The Rockets are in a perfect position to be able to do this. They can flirt with other teams like in OKC. Uh, I know Lucas in the chat mentioned uh, Lou Dort 18 and 6 for number two, which I think that would be a bizarre deal. I don't personally, I, personally, I wouldn't take it because I think there is immense value up at number two. And I think the best player out of those four guys is going to be the guy that the Rockets take it the number two pick, so I wouldn't necessarily take that deal. But they can like kind of tell Cleveland, like, oh, we're gonna trade this pick to OKC. We're and they're gonna take Evan or they're gonna take Evan Mobley and y'all are screwed. Or, you know, we're gonna take Evan Mobley and y'all are screwed. Or, you know, we're gonna trade with so many other teams. So the only they can play hardball with Cleveland, and I think that to me. If the Rockets go into the draft four weeks from tonight, they trade out from two, go to number three, get Jalen Green at three, and more asset and extra asset from Cleveland. I think that will uh, that will automatically make the Rockets the winner of the draft, regardless of what they do at twenty three and twenty four. That to me is what I want to see from the Rockets. So I'm gonna now throw it to the listeners. If you guys have a speaker request, hit that hand. And I will bring you up on stage with us three. John, I know that you put your speaker request up. Feel free to do that one more time for me if you can. Um, if not, we can we can also move on. We don't need to discuss uh, this this idea of trading down from two. But I will take any of these requests. Got a request from our guy Braylon. Braylon, welcome to the show. How, how's, how's your day, man? Uh, it's been 
slow. I'm at work, but there's nothing going on right now. So perfect. There so you I go. To hop in. In on the dream so I decided what? to hop in. I, I, I decided to hop in. I saw that Dunn posted on Twitter, so I was like, "Hey, let me join it." Perfect. Well, you, got, um, you have a trade for us from trading down from two that you would like for us to discuss. Okay, so one, I'm, I'm gonna start off by explaining. I'm a believer in KPJ as our main facilitator. Um, and two, I believe in guys coming from the same background, being the same same age, working together and, and wanting to play together, and that's obviously Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. And um, I also don't believe Detroit will mess this pick up. They've messed up so many picks in the past, so many. They've messed up a lot of stuff to where they just got to take the most obvious number one. That's Kay Cunningham. So then that leaves Mobley and Green. And I think Cle- Cle- Cleveland one would be stupid to trade Sexton. And then two, they need big size. So then the question is, what do I want from Cleveland to entice them? Uh, to entice Stone. So then I was thinking, well, if we don't take a center, then we need some size. So I'm like, okay, you can throw in three you could throw in Larry Nance to get the size and get that kind of athletic big that has potential to space out, you know, handle a little bit, which is what they kind of wanted out of uh, Gordon. Um, he's not as good handling uh, ball handling wise as Gordon, but uh, Larry Nance has improved throughout his years in the league. So, so now we're looking at a base of three Larry Nance. What else do Cleveland have valuable? And it's the Jared Allen contract. Well, you you look at Larry Nance. Don't you already have a Larry Nance in KJ Martin Jr.? I don't think they need Larry. Yeah, Larry Nance, Nance is six Jared seven. Allen. I mean, he plays a lot bigger than that, but he's not I was, giving I was, you I was tremendous. Like, more he plays size. like he's six 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 nine. Yeah, yeah. but KJ Martin, it, he would be taking up minutes that would go to Martin that Martin needs to continue to develop. Jared, if you could come out of this with Jared Allen and Jalen Green, that's that's the money shot for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the, that's money. Jared that's Allen is a that's the biggest money. That, that money. In my opinion, that's the biggest money. You get your rent protector. Yep. Then you got kind of a, a son's like build at that point. Ish. Where you got yeah. you know your point guard, the guy that sets his tempo that facilitates the offense, and you got your scoring, Jalen Green, you know, Devin Booker. Um, I, I I think they're different, and I think Jalen Green uses his athleticism way more, and that, in my opinion, may elevate him a little bit better than Booker. Um, and then Aiden offensively is better than Jared Allen, but Jared Allen is better defensively than Aiden is, in my opinion. And you've got Christian Wood, who I think you is much Christian. better than, than Mikel Bridges. And you've got yeah. a guy like Jay Sean Tate <coughs> who would fill in. I think Jay Sean Tate has a bigger ceiling than a guy like Jay Crowder. I think Jay Sean Tate has the, everything needed to be an all NBA defensive first team guy for multiple years. And then, um, okay, I, I got one more thing. The thing about that, I, like, I'm thinking that is a mix of what Atlanta's doing, what Atlanta has done, mm-hmm. and what Phoenix has done. And, you, and you've, you've combined the two. Because you got the guard with the two live threats, 
with one interior force, and you also got a spacer at the four with Christian Wood, but you also got the guard combo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Jared That's Allen, yeah. they, they, I would love to get that deal done. But I have yeah. serious reservations. Jeremy and Ray, you guys tell me what y'all think. Do y'all really believe that the front office of the Rockets is going to spend money in free agency this year with where they are expecting to be next year, which is a maybe a top 10 seed? But I, I'm, I'm seriously concerned about their ability to spend in free agency. So I don't think the Jared Allen deal eventually happens, but I would love to see it happen. But what do y'all think about the prospect of the front office spending free agent money this upcoming summer? Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, hop out. And Appreciate that, Braylon. Thank you for Thanks, your time. Braylon. Thank you for your time. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I think based off the reputation that we've seen in the past, obviously, it's concerning, especially when they wouldn't spend money on a contender. Um, we don't know if they'd spend money on a team that's contending for the play-in game or the play-in tournament. And I think that's the problem. I feel like Houston could speed up their rebuild if they were able to make trades and land free agents, but it's just if they're willing to go and buy those free agents. Because we've seen teams that have like basically transformed overnight. Uh, we watched the Clippers do it. They went from, I mean, I mean, they were already a playoff team and they had gave the Warriors just a little bit of trouble in the first round. But they went from that to having Kawhi and Paul George literally at, I think it was after midnight on a random night. So we've seen it happen. But yeah, like you're saying, I don't think that they'd go and spend a lot of money. I think they'd be more content with the rebuild, taking things slowly, especially with how young the team is. And there's not really a guy who's like just this superstar that you have to keep happy. Like Christian Wood maybe can develop into that. Kevin Porter Jr. can maybe develop into that. But right now, there's not anyone that they'd really have to worry about requesting a trade. That'd be this huge deal like um, Damian Lillard if he was to request a trade tomorrow. I think that the Rockets could spend, but also at the same time, they are looking and eyeing that 2023 free agent class when John Wall comes off the books. And then they'll have uh, maximum cap flexibility for 2023 to really make a deep dive. And then on top of that, you have a 23-year-old Kevin Porter who's a little bit more, you know, in his element. You can be able to re-sign uh, Christian Wood with bird rights. So you can, op- you can offer him more money than any other team. And they'll have a full, you know, they'll have a better idea um, then as to what to do with him or whatever assets you get from him in return. But, I mean, I know I've talked about my pipe dream of the Rockets getting John Collins. And I do think that the Rockets should look into John Collins still. However, I wouldn't be as disappointed if they didn't get him now than I ha- than I was during the season. I think that... The Rockets are on the right path. I think the Suns are kind of proving that this is a viable path to uh, where they can go, you know, develop your your draft picks. And then when you're good enough, get to that superstar that is ready to, you know, drive the truck, drive the bus, and then you go from there. And I think that in a way, you know, whoever they get, like Kevin Porter is the Devin Booker. Whoever they draft here, Jalen or Evan Mobley is your DeAndre Ayton, and then they're going to develop, and by the time we get to 
year three of this, then they'll be at a place where a superstar could, you know, bring them into the playoffs and maybe if they get lucky enough, go on a deep run. But to kind of end this, you know, segment, the trade that I am going to suggest is John Wall in number two for Kevin Love in number three. What that does is it gives the Cavs the uh, the option to choose between Mobley and Green. They'll, they'll likely go Mobley, and then they can free up some space in that front court so that Mobley can get significant minutes. And what the Rockets get is they get the, I guess, whoever Cleveland doesn't get, which is likely going to be Jalen Green, and you also open up that point guard spot for Kevin Porter to go to work. And you also get, uh, you know, Kevin Love is making about $10 million less in each of the next two seasons than John Wall is. So it's it's a simple trade, but I think that the Rockets and the Cavs both end up winners in this trade because it gives them exactly what they're looking for. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Why would they do that if they have Sexton? The, I think they also move on from Sexton. I think okay. they I think they end up trading Sexton, um, maybe for picks, maybe for um, a, a better player. I know that he's linked to Miami. Maybe you find a way for Miami to get in on the trade, make it a three-team deal. I don't know. But I think that maybe they'd move on from Sexton, maybe go – and get them a more established player. And I, I know that they're not looking to necessarily get younger. They're looking to get a little bit older. And I think John Wall definitely helps with that. They get a little bit. I think that he would be an upgrade over over Sexton. I do think that they they would get better with that. So that to me is is why. And it also gives Darius Garland an opportunity, I think, to do a little bit more. I think he's a better fit next to next to Garland than Sexton would be. I do think that Sexton, there is a very, there's a very real chance he's played his last game in Cleveland. So uh, there would be a third, uh, a second deal where Sexton leaves Cleveland in, in this scenario. But uh, we're going to move on now to the back half of the first round where the Rockets are drafting um, 23 and 24. But, you know, when you have two picks that close together, there's always opportunity to move up. And I know there's been a lot of people talking about guys like Kai Jones that are not going to be there at 23-22. guy like JT Thor out of Auburn, uh, who could also, who's probably not going to last that long in the draft. That would make a lot of sense for the Rockets. So, Ray, any thoughts about possibly moving up from the 23 and 24 to take a guy within the teens? Yeah, I think... um it's a super likely thing to happen. I know they're saying like in a deep draft, you don't really want to trade your picks, but I think if you find, if you really see a player that can make your team immediately better than you go get them, I think it'll be, I think it's more likely that they'll move up rather than keep the picks because we don't see teams just draft back to back too often. And maybe if they don't trade both of them to move up, maybe they trade one of them to move down and then get more picks in the process. I think they could just get super creative with the picks, but at the end of the day, I don't think they'll keep those back-to-back. Obviously, a guy that we've talked about that I like a lot is Josh Christopher. I don't know if I like Josh Christopher as much if uh, they draft Jalen Green because then that that backcourt becomes a little cluttered because there's KPJ, there's Jalen Green, there's... um, Christopher and then yeah, all the other guys that mm-hmm. if John Wall if they don't trade him there's Eric Gordon still on the team so that becomes super cluttered but yeah I think that's the fun part about having two picks that are so close together is that 
you can get really creative Great. with it and you can fill out the draft process and eventually you're going to see someone that's still lingering around and maybe a team wants to trade down, which creates the perfect opportunity for you to move up and get your guy. Yeah, Mike, what what do you think about moving up from 23 and 24 to get to a space maybe in the lottery, as high as the lottery? Yeah, one guy that I'm in love with is James Boonite. Um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting where he's going to end up. I think he could go as high as 8 or 9. I think he could go as low as 14 or 15. Um, kid out of Connecticut can flat out shoot the rock. He's a guy that I would be intrigued as a complimentary draft pick to a guy like Evan Mobley. If you come out of this draft with, I'm not going to say a watered-down version of Jalen Green, but a different type of shooting guard in today's NBA and James Boonight, who is just a scorer. I mean, the guy can, <clears throat> excuse me, can just put the ball in the hole. So that's the type of guy I would look to move up to go get. Um, Kai Jones is another one that I'm intrigued by. I'm also a big fan of Josh Giddy out of Australia, the six, eight, uh, player. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, so those are a couple names I'm looking at if they're going to move up. My favorite would be James Boonight though. If they could come figure out a way to get him along with Mobley, that's an A draft in my book. Yeah. There's a lot of players that, you know, that makes sense for the Rockets here. I am of the opinion to, you know, they if they have three picks in the first round, they should leave with at least three players in this draft. Uh, like actual draft selections, whether that is, uh, you know, 223-24 or whether they end up with two, maybe they move, maybe they only move one of these picks up. Maybe they only move, um, maybe they only move one of these picks down, but you know, I really like James Bonet. I think he's going to be a little bit too pricey for the Rockets. Like, I think he's going to go probably top 10. And I don't know if the Rockets have enough firepower to move within that top 10. I'm looking at the teams that are drafting at um, at between 2 and 23. And, like, there's also a lot of teams. The thing is about this draft is a lot of these future picks have been traded. You look at um, Orlando has two picks in the top 10. Golden State has two picks in the top 15. Oklahoma City has three picks in the top 18. The Knicks have multiple picks. So there's going to be a lot. I think that this draft could be a lot of moving around and a lot of uh, trades going down. But I am looking at a team that, you know, would possibly be interested in trading down from their current spots. And honestly... I'm not seeing too many teams where that really makes sense. Maybe Memphis at 17, maybe Washington at 15. So, like, the Rockets trade 23-24 to move up to 15. And at 15, you go and you get, I mean, it'd be difficult if Kai Jones was there. But my thing is this. There are guys that are, like, the difference between 15 and 23 to me is not that much. And if you have to take an asset on top of that to move up there, it better be, like, it, it can't be that significant of an asset in my eyes. So, and the Rockets have those assets. You know, Daniel House is on a very friendly 
team deal, and I think he could possibly on move. I know the Rockets are looking to possibly move on from Eric Gordon. Who knows? But those are like some opportunities where the Rockets could possibly move out of twenty three or twenty four. It looks like we have breaking news from from Woj. Ben putting it in there. Okay, it's not Rockets really. That that scared me. But Lloyd Pierce is going to be the new Pacers coach. That's that's pretty wild. Uh, ben well, scared me. You scared yeah, it scared top, me too. Top. I seen the link and I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking Rockets now. And you got me thinking about the Pacers. I can't. I can't. But um, <laughs> I'm going to bring up Don. He's he put his speaker request button up. So Don, welcome to the Dream Take. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, my internet here is not great, so if I get a little, you know, robotic, uh, no I worries. apologize in advance. Um, so I would be interested in trading up the picks. Um, I really would like to target small forward in this draft, and there's not a whole lot there, to be honest. It's pretty much Williams and Zaire Williams. Then yeah, and then there's like a big drop off. Um, so if we could move up for Williams, that would be something I'd be interested in. Other than that, I tend to agree with what you were saying about other than small four, there's really not a big shelf there that I see between um, the top 10 and probably into the 20s. If we don't trade up, um, one guy I'd be interested in probably with 24 would be Greg Brown. I've kind of talked about him a couple times um, like throughout the, the last month or so. He's just a really high upside guy and – I think taking that type of swing, I don't think he was developed really well at Texas. I think Shaka Smart really did not do a good job with that team last year. Um, So he's a guy that he has all the physical tools in the world. I think he just needs like a good learning and training environment. And um, I guess if we were to hypothetically go Mobley, I know a lot of people have talked about Cam Thomas. Um, I watched a lot of Cam Thomas at LSU this year. He's a really good scorer, not the most efficient guy, but I would not be opposed to bringing him in if we were to go Mobley. And then the last guy I'll throw out would be, let's see, who would I think will drop here? I'm looking over Tankathon big board right now. Don, Don, let me ask you a quick question. You want to address the, the small forward position. Yes. Are you looking at that as a potential starter, or are you looking for depth? Because I think Jason so, Tate is the future three of this team. So, I think could be the starter going forward. I think that right now, solidified position, and I think we want to get as many attempts of getting a guy in there to like compete for that position, because right now, it's really house, and then playing Tate there or playing uh, KMJ down a position. So I just think we don't have a lot of depth there. So I just kind of want to cycle in, guys, because right now the roster is pretty much flooded with point guard and combo guards. So I want to just start to get more depth in and at shooting – or sorry, small forward and power forward and really try to comb through those guys and see who we can get to develop. I think that's – like we brought up Atlanta earlier, right? I think Atlanta has done a really good job about just gambling on a bunch of high upside wings – and just see where they can go from there. I'm sure they're not. Came back from injury and had a really good game for them. I think that's a, a formula that has shown to do well of just taking as many wins as you can and kind of sifting through and seeing what works. Sure. No, I'm definitely. I, I, I love so much. Yeah. No, absolutely. And what the Rockets should be doing is flooding the team with talent, regardless of position. I see what you're saying about the small forward position is probably. 
you know, and even in the bigs, like the Rockets should definitely leave this draft with a big. Um, but for sure, you gotta just when you're rebuilding like the Rockets, you gotta throw as much talent at that roster and let those players fight for position because I think what gets teams to be better is is competition and because then iron sharpening iron, you're all competing for that and you push each other in that environment. And not everyone is going to get playing time. Look, the chances of all three of these Rockets being part of the rotation when the team is good, again, is very slim. But you have three lottery tickets. You have three chances to get a guy that could be in your championship rotation. And obviously, you like the number two pick that you got more options. But at the same time, you know, I still think they should take the best player available regardless of position. And there are so many guys that are, you know, because it's, it's tempting because I've seen guys like JC Thor that have, you know, in the SB Nation mock draft from June 22nd, he's number 30. But I've seen him in drafts where he's also, you know, in the top 15. So there's a bunch of these guys. It's a lot of these guys because there's not much um, – there's not much parity between a lot of these uh, late lottery, uh, you know, mid first round kind of guys where they could go as high in the early in the late lottery or they could go in the second round even. And that's why I think that the Rockets have such a strong position because they're kind of right smack dab in the middle of there. And if they really think that a team is going to jump them, then, yeah, they should move up. But there's a really good chance that the guy that they want is going to be there at 23. And it's difficult to tell. Um, I also don't know who the Rockets are really considering. But I think the Rockets just need to go best player available at each of the three spots in my eyes. Can I, can I shout out one more player? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Usman Garuba, uh, he's a guy I've been hearing a lot about lately. I still need to do a, a deep dive on him. Um I basically I watch all of Mobley's shot attempts, assists, and defensive plays for the year. I'm doing the same with Green, and then I'm gonna start moving on to these lower picks more. But I love Usman Garuba. Usman Garuba is another guy that I've heard a lot about. I've heard a lot of like guys I listen to their draft analysis talk about, and so that's another name I would be interested in, pending me doing some more research on him. Um, I gotta go. Uh, I'm gonna drop down, but thanks for letting me talk, guys. Thanks for thanks for hosting this. Appreciate that, Dom. Absolutely. Have a good one, y'all. I think my comparison for Garuba, honestly, is like a John Collins. I think he could be a lot like him. And there is a scenario where he does go before the Rockets pick, but also there's a chance that he slides down because maybe he is an international guy. Maybe teams aren't looking to, you know, really sign off on a project like that. But I think the Rockets are the team that has time for a guy like that. You know, the guy the guy that was like that last year was Pokashevsky, and, you know, he's with OKC now, and he has, you know, really shown himself to be a guy with staying power in that rotation. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's gotten some time in the G League, and I think Garuba is probably going to spend most of the season in the G League, whether it's in Houston or elsewhere. But he has time to develop, and if the Rockets are the team that offers him that time, I think that uh, the Rockets could get a strong return on that investment. We're going to talk definitely a lot more about um, prospects in our next couple of episodes. But any any last thoughts on trading up 
from 23 and 24? You know, I, I honestly think this team needs all three draft picks. I'm in the camp of I don't want to move from 223 or 24. I want to stay exactly where we are. I want to get legitimate depth on this team for the first time in quite a number of years. And I think this is the draft to start building that depth with. Yeah, Ray, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think the same thing. And I also, it's kind of, I've been looking and trying to figure out um, just with the trajectory of the NBA and the way that it's so guard heavy, I'm wondering like if they, if the Rockets believe that Evan Mobley is going to be the safest pick and if they think they can find two dynamic scorers later in the round because just the progression that we've seen with guards and how incredible of scorers they can become if given the opportunity. Because at the end of the day, these guys are like really, really good at basketball and it's more so about opportunity and um, decision making. And I wonder if they'd go with Mobley and play. I mean, playing it safe makes it sound like he's like a lesser player. I think he's as good of a candidate to go number one as anyone. Obviously he won't, but I wonder if they'll go Mobley and then decide to keep their 23 and 24 and then hope maybe they can get a guy like Quentin Grimes who can shoot the lights out. Obviously Mike knows a lot about him. Um, Quentin Grimes. Uh, yeah. He is a member of the Final Four, University of Houston Cougars, from this past season. Thank you so much, Ray. Yeah, I just wanted to let you get the opportunity to say that and get it in because you hadn't got it yet. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Also, yeah. winners of the American Athletic Conference, the University hey, of Houston. I'm going to boot you the next time you say that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to boot you the next time you say that. But let's let's move on to trading down here. Mike kind of started the conversation. I'm going to give some throwback, though, um, a little bit of pushback on what Mike said, though. I think that the Rockets should at least trade down from one of these spots because they can get more assets. And, like, three first-round picks is a lot also. And paying three first-round picks is asking for a lot. If you end up trading down from 24... Now, originally, the Rockets got to 24 because it's a pick swap uh, from the P.J. Tucker trade from Milwaukee. So, like, the Rockets, I think, did want the ability to draft in the first round if they chose to do so. But I think there's a scenario where they do trade down from one of these picks if a team that's drafting in the early in the early second wants to jump up to the first and, and make sure they get their guy that they're looking for. But I don't think there's an issue in trading down from, from 23 or 24 and getting a guy that, you know, is going to really help. Like, I could see a scenario where I'm looking at the at the draft order now. You look at um, maybe uh, maybe OKC at 34 and 36 wants to trade up into the first round and get their guy. I mean, they have three first-round picks, so I'm not sure if they're looking to trade in the first round again. But they have 30 – they have – it's crazy. They have five of the first 36 picks in the draft. It's insane. It's going to be like this for more years to come as well. But I think that, you know, Toronto has 46 and 47. They're, they have the number four pick. They don't pick until that point, you know, so they could maybe make some moves. I think that trading down and then maybe, like, maybe what you end up getting is you get, like, a second this year and then you get – like a pick swap next year or a second round pick next year. So then you're getting more assets 
further into your rebuild and you're not just getting all of your assets this year and then their timelines are all the same. At least you're getting guys with staggered timelines and then you have the ability, you know, to get more down the line. You know, it's like if you're given, you know, $50 today, you know, that's great. But you could spend them all, you know, today, whereas I can give you $10 today, $10 tomorrow, 10 the next day, 10 the next day, 10 the next day, and then you're getting more and then you allow those players to develop. And then if it doesn't, so like if I get a $10 bottle of wine, I don't like the bottle of wine, I can get another $10 bottle of wine in two years. So that to me is the benefit in trading down from one of those picks. And knowing Rafael Stone, I can't imagine he goes into this draft and doesn't make a deal at all. I do think he ends up making a deal, and I think out of the four possibilities we've talked about, trading up from two, trading down from two, trading up from 23 and 24, trading down from 23 and 24, I think this one is the most likely of the four scenarios that we'll see in the draft. So, real quick, I want to ask both of you this. If you had If you had your choice, if they kept the three picks... What positions, I'm not talking about players, positions would you want to add to this roster currently constructed? I don't care about positions. You know me. I think they get the best players available regardless of position, wherever you go. But like I mentioned earlier, I do think the Rockets need to end up coming out of this draft with a big. Okay. They can't just go with Christian Wood into the season. He's the only big on the roster. They need at least one more big. Uh, next to Christian Wood on the roster after the draft. Okay. Ray? In a perfect world, I think it'd be a guard, a forward, and then a center. Totally agree with all three of those sentiments, right? It all depends on the board. Like you, I think the Rockets have enough capital to move where they need to move if they need to move, if that makes sense. Like if the board ends up in their favor, if they stay at two and they get their guy, great. If they're looking at the draft board saying, okay, our favorite, you know, you take your 10 favorite guys. If they're at 23 and they still have three or four of those guys at pick number 20, then they probably don't need to go anywhere. Same thing at 24. If they come out of this draft with a big, a forward, and a guard, then I'm in. I don't care how they get it. Those are the three positions. I feel like I'm not going to narrow it down to a shooting guard or a small forward or power forward or a center. They need a big a forward, and a guard. And I don't care how they get it, but that's what they need to come out of this draft with, and I would be happy as a clam. I also don't think that... Because the thing is, if you get a guard... Like, let's say they take Jalen Green at two, and then they save 20... Because then you're then you're restricting what you have, what you can get by thinking, oh, we need to go and get you know this position, this position, this position. Because... If you have number two, and if Josh Christopher is the best player on the board at 23, you don't want Josh Christopher. I don't care about whoever's there. Now, the team does have a tremendous amount more of of guards. You know, DJ Augustine's under contract next season. Uh, But obviously also, uh, those situations are fluid. We don't know what's going to happen with any of those guys moving forward. They could be dealt in free agency and... Or in the draft. But I think when you think about fit, the the team will fit itself. Steven Silas is going to play the best five players 
before he does anything. Like, sure. I don't think positions matter as much as they did 5, 10, 15 years ago. But I do want to uh, open the floor now for possible um, for possible questions, possible conversation to add on to trading down from number 23 or 24, or maybe you buy into the second round. Uh, you know how the Rockets feel about second round picks. That's my biggest reason why I think that this is the most likely of the four trade scenarios where you trade out um, of these picks to get into the second round because we know how the team values second round picks. And putting three first round pick contracts onto your roster when you don't have to is is an idea that I think the Rockets should be looking into. So feel free, if there's anyone that wants to come up and talk to us, feel free to hit that speaker request button and we can let you up and we can we can talk this out. So we've got we've actually got a really good crowd right now. I'm I'm really thankful for all of you that are here on Spotify Green Room today. It doesn't appear that we have any speaker requests though. Uh, y'all just want to listen to us talk. Is that is that kind of how it works for us today? Um, well, I I don't blame them, Jeremy. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful that you know. I think it's it's still I still have to remind myself that that I put out content and people actually like want to listen to it. It's really a humbling experience. So I'm very grateful for, for all of our listeners, those that have uh, been with us before and those that are joining us today. Uh, very grateful for all of you. Um, but if nobody wants to speak, you know, you know, there's no requirement, there's no homework or homework assignment where you have to. So I think if nobody does want to come up and speak, actually uh, if we had a, we had a shot clock buzzer beater here from our buddy Phil. Phil, welcome to the show. Uh, how how are you doing? And uh, what what brings you up here today? Hey 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 guys. Um, I I I'm a longtime Rockets fan, and it's just great to talk Rockets basketball with uh, like a devout community such as yours. So uh, first of all, thank you for that. Absolutely, we appreciate you coming on. Um, so I, as I said, I think as far as the draft goes, I, I don't, I, I think BPA is where I would go, similar to what you're saying, Jeremy. But I think, um, just looking at the future of the Rockets, I feel like the Hawks model and even, even the Suns model of trying to get into the playoffs and succeed in the playoffs is, I, I think it's totally replicable for the Rockets to approach to approach their uh, team building in, in that way. And I think for this draft, whichever players we draft, we need to think of them as players that can succeed in the system because regardless if, if they play well for us, they could be seen as future uh, tradable assets, but also, heck, they could be the building blocks for the future Rockets as well. So I, I think... BPA is where I go and I, I, I just not, I'm not too tied to position. I think just as long as the players that we do bring in are able to succeed. So meaning if there is a glut in, in the guard rotation, like figure out ways to, to find players that can fit into the system that will be getting playing time and, and show their stuff. So, um, that's, that's it. And thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, Phil. I'm I'm glad you came up and spoke with us. Uh, we do have one more speaker request here uh, from our buddy Zeke over at Rockets Lead. He was with us for the draft room 
um, that we held about a week ago. Zeke, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic now that you're up Yeah, there. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a good day to be actually be talking to you guys, you know, especially now that we know we actually got a second round pick, you know, so no, not a second round, second, second overall, overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> we don't got a second round pick for yeah, we don't got time. one. We got well, since last year where they didn't have a first round pick, but or a second round pick, but they did trade into the second round. So, what do you think about possibly the idea of the Rockets buying into the second round? Something that we've seen before, a la KJ Martin or a la uh, Vince Edwards from a few years ago. I think it's the I think it's within the realm of possibility. Most likely, will happen. Um. Many people declared us as one of the most stacked drafts in a very long time. And we have three first-round picks. One of them is obviously in the lottery. Um, You know, Team Jalen Green, you already know where I stand on that. (laughs) I love Jalen Green propaganda on my uh, Twitter feed. Um, But uh, we also have two late firsts. And those two late firsts are pretty much, you know, you can make the case that they're glorified second-rounders, right? But... I do think in a draft like this, a couple million dollars is worth to spend in to dip into more assets. More assets means uh, more chances to, you know, hit on these players or just tradable players, right? Houston Rockets right now are in the business of trying to get better at any means necessary, right? Um, We are not a good team, at least yet, until things change. So, yes, it is it's within the realm of possibility, and they should do that to spend money into the. Yeah, I think, look, you have three picks in this draft. You got to walk away with at least three draft picks. And if you draw, if you walk away with four, better than three, in my eyes. Uh, I mean, if you have to give up assets to, you know, maybe they have to, you know, for cash considerations, they'll purchase a pick in the late 50s or something like that. I know like the Hornets have 56 and 57. Um, you have like the Pacers who have 54 and 60. You have the Raptors at 46 and 47. So there are possibilities, I think, where the Rockets could, you know, buy into that and not just rely on the unknowns of undrafted free agency because that is where you really build that summer league team as well. And I think the Rockets Summer League is going to be real fun to watch. And it's going to be important because a lot of guys are going to be competing. Who knows what we'll see if Armani Brooks will show up. The guys like uh, Cam Thomas, Cam Reynolds, who made the, um, who made the, the USA select team. That's going to scrimmage against the Olympic team in a couple weeks here. So the, the idea of, I think the Rockets are actually going to end up with, four draft picks. I think that either they're going to trade down from 23 or 24 and get two seconds or they'll buy into the second round and get that kind of guy. I think that there is a lot of scenarios where uh, you get an extra pick on top of that. Uh, Mike had to hop off for a business call. Um, but Ray, what do you what do you think about the idea of trading out and or buying into the second round? Yeah, I like it. Um especially if, like you were saying, you could get more players because I think the more players that they can bring in after the draft, the better because that's the best way to see improvement with the young team. You never know who, like you might pick a guy early in the second round and he ends up being better than your late first round pick. 
I think any time that you bring in young, hungry players, you raise your ceiling. And then, um, like, who was it? Phil was saying, guys can become tradable assets because it's not like it's a guarantee that each of these guys are going to stick around and be a big part of the Rockets' future. We could see some of these guys eventually be attached to a bigger trade, like we've seen with uh, when... L.A. traded for Paul George and gave up a whole bunch of guys, including Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I don't think the Rockets would do a trade that big, but just you never know who can become an asset at the end of the day, so you want to bring in as much as you can while you're young because, I mean, chances are they're either going to – things are going to go the right way and they'll develop right, or it's just a second-round pick's not really going to hurt you, or you're not going to look back and think, wow, that was a mistake to draft this guy in the second round. And so, yeah, I think just bringing in as much guys as you can is the best thing possible. And it, I'm really excited to see what they do. So, Ray, you just literally piqued my interest really quickly. Like, I turned into a dog with its ears up after hearing something, right? So mm-hmm. there's two things, right? Oh, Don left. I hope – well, me and Don talk on DMs, and he said one thing that I disagreed with, but I want to see where you guys are at, Right. Would you trade 23 and 24 to move up in the draft to get a player earlier in the draft that you We discussed think... that while you were recording your draft. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when, I and said ten- that we had a whole bunch of chaos coming on this show when I had to organize it. So that's why we broke it up into segments. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think the Rockets, they just need to seek out opportunity. They need to go in with the plan, and they need to execute their plan, regardless of whether that's trading or keeping a guy. I think they should be targeting players as opposed to picks. Okay. And the second one, right? Um, Let's say if Shea was available, would you trade the second pick? Shea? Would you trade the second pick? Why would he be available? Now, I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying if there was a chance because of all these ridiculous rumors coming out where, you know, I've heard some things, and I'm just saying, if he was available, would you do it? Without hesitation. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, I'd do it without hesitation. I think if they can get a young player who we've seen uh, be impactful and seen what their ceiling could potentially look like, I'd go get him just because the number two pick hasn't played a game in the NBA yet, and... I think it'd be a mistake. Obviously, it's a long shot for that to happen. I don't want to upset the OKC fans and have them going crazy on the Dream Takes Twitter. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but I think yeah, when anytime when you have a young player who has such a high ceiling and has already performed um, at a certain level in the league, then it's easy to bring them over. I I think where these rumors are coming from is that you know that rumor which you know. We, I think we all talked about it where it doesn't make sense where to talk about the timeline in Oklahoma City. I asked a friend that I knew, and that friend was like, there is some traction that the agent is snooping around, but we don't really know what exactly that means, obviously, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Jeremy, would you do it? Let's say if the, if it was like rumor, if the rumor was true. Right, that Oklahoma City is just trying to get up to Cade or Green or Mobley. Right, those are what they want. Would you do it? No, because obviously this sounds like a contract problem. No, they don't want to pay Shea a, a max. The thing about Shea is, I feel like the reason why you don't they don't want to pay him a max is because of his injuries. And 
when I'm the Rockets, like the thing about the Rockets is they haven't failed. Like these guys they have haven't been able to really show us true. Like I don't think that we should be riding off anybody with the Rockets right now. And if you go and get Shea, it means that you do have to ride off on a significant piece to this puzzle that might or might not be better than Shea. Like, we really, there's a whole lot of uncertainty when it comes to the current guys the Rockets have. And I think that's why you have to keep Christian Wood. You have to keep Kevin Porter. You have to keep that number two pick. Because this team hasn't fully recognized its full potential yet. Because it has been created in shambles in a season that is so unorthodox. And it threw the Rockets into 5,407 loops. And this year, you're definitely going to get a lot more consistency. You're going to get a full offseason under the same system. Steven Silas can brainstorm amongst the idea of the current team that he has. The team that is right now is going to be pretty similar or pretty much the same thing on opening night three and a half months from now. So Steven Silas is going to have a lot easier of a time game planning with this group of guys, whereas he came to this job thinking he had Russ and James was game planning around that. And, you know, 15 games in the season had neither of them and was playing with a bunch of scrubs. So the, the way that this team is constructed, it ain't broke. Mm. It's, it's building. So don't fix it. The rock, like, as we've seen from teams like the Suns, teams like the Hawks that have gone through these types of rebuilds, quick rebuilds. Like I do, I don't think the Rockets are looking at a very long rebuild. I do think the Rockets would be competitive in three or four years. Maybe. I don't think the Suns are a quick rebound, rebuild. That was a long rebuild. I mean, that's like a decade. True. I see what you're saying. But at the same time, three years ago, they were the worst team in the league, and now they are in the finals. I think a quick turnaround would be more fitting. Quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah that, turnaround. That's a better, it's a better vocabulary word for, for what I'm trying to express is, of course. you know, for, if, look, if the Rockets three years from now are in the NBA finals, I'd be thrilled. I think that's that's the absolute best case scenario. I don't think it's going to happen, but man, that would be nice. Or six years from now, from the time they draft their best player or they acquire their best player, so that would be in twenty twenty seven. That would be like on the same timeline as the as the Suns. So, yeah, I, I think that's more likely to be the the timeline for the Rockets. I do think though, in three years, they'll definitely be competitive and they'll be probably in the playoff. Uh, in the playoff race, at least probably a six or a seven seed, I would hope. But, you know, you know the NBA is, changes on an hour-to-hour basis, so we really don't know uh, what things are going to look like tomorrow, let alone, you know, four or five years from now. But, uh, Zeke, we're going to wrap up here, so I appreciate you coming up on stage with us, but I'm going to send you back into the crowd now. No problem, man. I always love to hang out with you guys. Of course. Thank you so much. And the feeling is mutual with you, Zeke. Thank you for coming up. And this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter, at The Dream Take and at DreamShakeSBN. Uh, you can also head to TheDreamShake.com for all things Houston Rockets over at SBNation.com. To follow my co-pilot, Mr. Raymond Lucas, on Twitter at? At Raymond Lucas Jr. You can also follow my other co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, at BSW Podcast underscore MB. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. 
NER. And uh, feel free to listen to this on demand on your podcast app of choice. Or you can also listen to us live here at Spotify Greenroom. We had a great crowd this evening. Thank you to all the people that came up on stage uh, to speak with us. Uh, Phil, Don, Zeke. Uh, who am I forgetting anyone? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, but I feel pressure that I'm going to get it wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you guys. Uh, and Braylon, yes, Braylon, thank you. Best there Braylon, we go. Uh, you know, is coming back and trying to trying to get up here. But we're trying to end the show, Braylon. But I appreciate I appreciate you coming out and supporting us uh, at work. Even yeah, he came on his work break to, to come talk to us at the Dream Tech. So uh, appreciate the uh appreciate the words appreciate the discussion we'll be back uh probably monday or so with another episode we're really going to start diving deep in in the prospects so we have the next three episodes geared towards uh deep dive into prospects and because the rockets have multiple picks and because there's a gargantuan amount of possibilities that the rockets can do we're going to break them into three parts we're going to go guards wings and bigs and that could range from anywhere between guys they could take in the top 10 if they choose to trade up or guys that they're looking to go and get in undrafted free agency you know nothing is off limits uh so we're gonna really be looking for our listeners help to try to talk about any of these guys because there are so many of them so if you have any prospects that you want us to for sure talk about you can head on twitter or you can add us and, and we can break it down on the show. We'll be more than happy to do that. And then in two weeks, I'm trying to plan a uh, green room slash SB nation 30 man mock draft. It's going to be a very tall task, but I'm really excited about the potential of it. And we're going to have a mock draft here at the dream take. So I'm looking forward to the possibility of that. If you know anyone that you would like to participate in the draft, we're trying our very best to get every person as an expert of their team. So if you know anyone or would like to uh, talk to anyone about possibly joining, uh, feel free to hit us up at our social media and we can, uh, we can get into contact. We can, we can make this happen. I'm really looking forward to this next month of draft coverage here at the dream take. And it's going to be fun, right? It's gonna be real fun. Yeah. I'm ex- super excited. This is, I, this is my first off, like full off season. With the drink, the real season. Tape. This is the real season, Ray. Yeah, and I didn't really get this like last off season because it was so short. But exactly, I'm realizing how much fun it is, how much content could come out because I haven't got to closely follow a team since Oklahoma City stole my childhood away. So yeah. this is fun. Excellent, that sounded excellent. really well, sad for a second, but you know. <laughs> well, uh, you know, hey, it's it's a lot of a lot of positivity in Rockets Nation right now. So we're we're really thrilled to be part of that, and we're thrilled to have all of our listeners listening to us live on uh, live on Spotify Green Room and on demand from all over the world. So uh, there, I, I took the sadness from Ray's sentiment and threw a little happiness to end the show. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.